listening to Abiding Hope Church's podcast of our weekly sermons. For more information about our church, please visit abidinghope.org. The Holy Gospel according to Matthew, the fifth chapter. Jesus said, You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything, but is thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one after lighting a lamp puts it under the bushel basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have come not to abolish, but to fulfill. For truly I tell you, until heaven and earth pass away, not one letter, not one stroke of a letter will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Today's gospel reading is one of those times that it just absolutely drives me bonkers. Uh, you know, the lectionary, the selected readings that we get for the, for the weekend, um, sometimes they'll take a passage and they like completely take it out of context. And it, I, I think it's probably just the seminary nerd in me just drives me crazy because this, this teachings of Jesus is actually part of the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew's gospel. That's kind of the, the bigger context where we find it. And it happens right after the Beatitudes. Remember last week we read the Beatitudes. And so at least for me, it's helpful to know where all of that fits in. And as I was reading this week, I learned something new, which is always a good thing. I learned that Martin Luther had kind of an interesting understanding of the Sermon on the Mount as a whole. For Luther, he believed that what Jesus was doing was setting up this list of unrealistic expectations. Unrealistic expectations that none of us would ever be able to live into. And he would show us, all of these expectations would show us that we can't actually fulfill the law. And in doing so, we would turn around and run back into the arms of our merciful God. Okay, that's interesting, I guess, right? But what stuck with me, what Luther was talking about, is this list that Jesus was setting up a list of unrealistic expectations. And I'm wondering, you know, when we hear Jesus say, you are the salt of the earth, you are the light of the world, I think oftentimes we hear it up here, right? Well, this is a checklist. This is something I'm expected to do. I have to do this, or I ought to do this, or I, I should do this. This is, a, this is a requirement, right? That's not what Jesus is getting at today. 
what Jesus is doing, and you're gonna hear me say this a lot today, so get used to it. When Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth, you are the light of the world, what Jesus is doing is he is inviting us to embrace our identity. This is a statement about who it is that we already have been called and created to be. We are salt. We are light. And I'll take it one step further. We are love. It's who we are as sons and daughters of God. It's who we've been created to be. Whether or not we realize it or remember it or like it or want to be it or feel like it on any given day, it's just who we are. So often we think about our identity as something that we have to work for or earn or craft or develop or get somehow outside of ourselves. But no, it's, it's already within us. We already have it. I, I, it's funny, my six-year-old was like, mom, what, is it, what does it mean to be salt? I don't get it. You know, if you think about your, the salt shaker you have at your house, what does that mean, mom? Well, think about what salt does. One of the things salt does is it enhances flavor. It also has a preserve, it can preserve things and keep things. Have you ever thought about yourself that way? Within you, you have the ability to enhance life, to bring out the best in life, to bring out the best in other people, in those that you come in contact with. What about light? What does light do? It radiates. It radiates goodness and warmth and joy, right? Have you ever thought about yourself that way? Within you, you have the ability to radiate goodness and hope and joy, to, to radiate the good news that God's life and love win, to be that candle standing in the darkness. You know, we are capable of so many amazing and wonderful and fabulous and beautiful things. It's such a, such a, such a gift, right? If you think about what it means to live as salt and light, and love, but it's also, it's also pretty challenging, isn't it? It's pretty, pretty challenging. As I was thinking though, as, as a community, the beautiful thing about their, our identity is that it only takes a little bit. What happens when you bake? How much salt do you put in a recipe? Just a pinch, right? What happens if you put a cup of salt in a cake? Woo, it's a little much, right? It's gonna be too much. It just takes a little bit. What about if you're in, a, in an incredibly dark space? Anybody here been to like Mammoth Cave or some underground cave, right? What happens when there's just one light? It makes a big difference, right? This isn't about us going out and converting everybody to be salt, light, and love. No, this is about a small group of people. We'll call it a community called Abiding Hope who trust that our God is faithful, and who trust that when we embrace our identities as children of God, our identities as salt and light and love, that we within ourselves are filled with God's gifts and have the power to transform our world, to transform our culture into God's way of love. You, me, us, we have that within our very self. But do you believe it? Do you believe that God moving in and through you, that you are capable of amazing and wondrous things to change our world? Do you believe that? Do you trust that? Or do you doubt the words of Jesus? I'm a doubter. You don't have to raise your hand. There might be other doubters in the room. Right? When I hear Jesus tell me, all right, PL, 
your salt, your light, your love, it's who you are. I'm like, uh-uh, not me. You got the wrong person. I'm like, God, you, you know my story. You know my brokenness. You know my pain. You know the times I've messed up and all the mistakes, the time I've missed out on opportunities. I don't have the skill set for this. I've never taken a class. I don't know what I'm doing. This is uncomfortable. I don't know. There's got to be somebody else, right? The, the person over there. Go, go ask them. Don't, I, I don't want to, mm -mm, not me. Maybe that sounds familiar to you. Maybe that's how you react. Maybe you react in a different way. But I think the one thing that we do have in common is that all of us struggle to live authentically. Let me tell you what I mean by that. So Jesus' words today, when Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth, you are the light of the world, however beautiful that is, full and bursting forth of promise and hope, Jesus also offers a word of warning. Right? Jesus, when he's talking about salt, he says that sometimes salt can lose its saltiness. It becomes diluted. And there are things in our world, the stresses and the anxieties and our culture and societal norms and expectations that will cause us to lose our saltiness. And when we do that, we lose our focus on who and whose we are and our purpose in life. And about light. Again, societal pressures and norms and expectations and things will happen that will cause us to put our lights under a bushel basket, meaning we don't shine as bright. We're a little less, we're a little more dim. We're a little bit more ineffective of who it is that we're called to be as we help God transform our world. I've got my reasons for losing my saltiness. I've got my reasons why I'd rather hang out under a bushel basket, and I'm sure that you all do too. But the danger with that is when we settle for that, what then we next want to do is try to make the reign of God a little bit more easier, a little smoother, a little simpler. We kind of want to tweak it so it maybe fits our needs a little bit better. But the reign of God is by nature against the grain. It's, it's edgy. It's a counterculture. I mean, we're talking about uniting all people and all creation back to God as one. We're talking about getting rid of barriers and boundaries. We're, we're talking about including and welcoming and loving and cherishing all people, no matter what. We're talking about toppling societal expectations and norms and destroying power structures so that all are, are, all, all are level playing right? I mean, this is, this is edgy stuff. This is what got Jesus killed. Jesus was nailed to a cross because he was living authentically to who it was he was created to be. He was living as a son of God. He was living as salt and light and love. And now we know that's not the end of the story, right? For in three days, God, through the Holy Spirit, raised Jesus from the dead we trust that life and love win and that tomb is empty. And it's in that promise that we find the strength and the courage to go out and be who it is that God has already created us to be. But it's hard. I struggle with it day in and day out. Because the world often tells us, tone it down, be quiet, don't be so salty. Don't, you're shining too bright. Oh, you can't, you can't possibly be love, right? That, that's not how this works, right? But as Brian McLaren puts it, 
Um, just public service announcement. If you've never read anything by Brian McLaren, please go do that. Um, but I've been reading one of his books, and, and this is my paraphrase of, of what he's written, but he said, God created us to stand apart from the status quo. God created us to be a part of the solution rather than the problem. And when we trust and embrace who it is that God has called and created us to be as God's children, as light and love and salt, what happens is through our good works, people begin to see and to hear and experience a different story. And that story is about a God who is in absolute love with God's creation. And it's a story about a God who is willing to go to any height or any depth in order to show just how much God loves God's creation, including death itself. This is the story we get to share. The story that each and every single person is a beloved and cherished child of God, to be love in the midst of hate, hope in the midst of despair, and the light in the midst of the darkness. This is what it means to be salt and light and love. As I was thinking this, this week about people in my life that have kind of paved the way, shown me what it means and what it looks like to fully embrace who it is that God has created us to be, um, they all had one thing in common. They were able to move from their head to a place of task and requirement, and I oughta and I shoulda do this, into a way of life that stemmed from their heart, from the very center and core of their being, which was just natural to them. They didn't have to think about it. It's just how they moved out in the world. I think about my, my maternal grandmother, my Nana Mac. I'll write a book on her one day. There's a whole story there. I think about my campus pastor at NC State, Pastor Bev. I think about my college acapella choir director, Dr. Weber. I think about a, a precious couple that I knew back in, in Knoxville who at my, at my former congregation helped to get the Shepherd of Hope food pantry off the ground, Jan and Steve. They all lived here. And the way that they lived, it wasn't like it was some newsworthy headline trending on Twitter popping up on your Facebook feed thing. They walked the way like in the book that I read to our kiddos this morning. They were present. They showed up, they listened, they loved, and they cared. And in doing so, they made an impact in my life, like the ripple effect, right? When we begin to love, when, we, when it comes from the center and core of who we are, when, when it's natural and it's like breathing, which I know is a challenge, because I look at these people and I'm like, I want to be like them. But when we do that, it turns into a ripple effect. And one person then does that with another person and another person and another person. And before you know it, our world has been changed. You know, but let's be honest, right? There are days when I don't feel like being love and I don't feel very much like salt and I don't really feel like being light. There are days when I miss the mark. There are days I just forget. But I have to be reminded. And so that's why I come back over here to these waters to be reminded that I am a daughter of God. And there's nothing that I can do or any of us can do that will make God love us any more or any less. 
And once I'm re-centered and re-grounded into my identity, I'm sent back out of those doors to once again be light and to be love and to be salt over and over and over again. It's just who I am. And guess what? It's who you are as well. So my prayer for us as a community of faith is that we will, walking alongside our faithful God and together as a community, embrace who it is that God has called and created us to be. Because our world needs it now more than ever. A word of hope, a word of peace, and a word of love. So go be salt. Go let your light shine before others so that they may see our good works and give glory to our Father in heaven. And go be love. Amen.